afternoon, everyone. Great to see you here today on Mission Sunday. Again, we're so glad that you're here to celebrate with us as we celebrate what God is doing, first of all, in our community with the different cultures and people that are represented in our church, as well as the work that God is doing all around the world. And I, I just, every time we do this, the flag ceremonies, and then adding the choir this time, Margo, you guys did a great and super job. Um, I was getting choked up as the people were singing in different languages. I watched other people. It was very, very touching today as we celebrate God and what he wants to do all around the world. My name is Pastor Todd, by the way. I'm the lead pastor here at Eastside City Church along with my wife, Jan. And again, we just welcome you here today. Now, I started off today, I I love good movies and I love action movies and You could tell from the theme music that one of the movies that I like is what? Mission Impossible. Now, I got to be honest. I know, I know, I know some of the action scenes in Mission Impossible, they're a little bit over the top, maybe bordering on ridiculous, but it's still something that intrigues me and maybe even sometimes inspires me. Uh, Now, to kind of The synopsis of it, just to begin, because I am going to tie this into my message, is that the agent, Ethan Hunt, is always given a mission to infiltrate some type of rogue organization. And if he accepts the mission and gets caught behind enemy enemy lines, what what we always hear is that his government will do what? They're going to disavow any knowledge of him or his activities. Now, the adventure is usually dangerous, risky, and usually involves an impossible scenario. But somehow, some way, he and his crack team of rogue agents always seem to come through. Why am I talking about this today? Well, I believe this. When it comes to each one of our lives, that our life is supposed to be an adventure. That life should be an adventure for you. Now, as kids, we understand adventure. We we live for it. We desire it. And I remember growing up that I had a big imagination. Who here, when you were growing up, maybe you still do have a big imagination. You could dream up all sorts of different things. You know, I, I, could, I could take any type of plain, boring scenario and add life to it, whether it was in my grandparents' garden, at the playground, at school, or, or just playing in the backyard. Uh, I, I turned everything into some sort of like world domination event. It was sometimes me against the world where there was secret agents, spies that were coming to attack, or even better yet, aliens that were going to destroy the world. And of course, the superhero was always me. You know, I kind of look like Tom Cruise, don't I, a little bit? No. No. It was always me. Me and the people with me, I always was the hero who saved the world. Now, sometimes my adventure could be a sports adventure. Uh, I had a dream growing up that I would, maybe one day as a kid, I would be a, a, a player for the Portland Trailblazers. But, you know, that was my team. That's, that, that's who I cheer for. I still do a little bit these days. Um, but one problem happened. It's my height. You know, I just never got big enough to actually 
be an NBA basketball player. But when I was a kid, that didn't matter. My imagination would run wild, and I would dream that it was game seven of the world championship. And, and there was three seconds left, and my team was down by one point. We are playing like the, the New York Knicks or the Boston Celtics or, or, or some team like that, and I would get the ball, and I would take the last shots. Now, in my dreams, it always went in. My team always won. But the key was that I wanted to take the last shot. It was part of the adventure. It was my adventure. Today, I want to remind some of you and encourage all of you that your life was meant to be an adventure. You were designed by God to do something miraculous. You were designed by God to be free to do what he created you to do. Your Jesus' life if I can say this, is a life on purpose or a life that has mission. And today, the title of my talk isn't Mission Impossible. It's this, it's Mission Possible. That through God's grace, through his strength, we can accomplish what God designed for us to do. Now, I've had people at times attempt to tell me that being a Christian or that the Christian life is boring. That somehow if you serve God, if you actually follow God, you're going to miss out on things in your life. And here's what my response typically is. Either you don't know what I know, or you're not doing it right. That you're maybe not doing things right. Well, what do I mean by that? Here, because when we surrender our lives to God and we walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit and his word, our lives will be anything but boring. In fact, guaranteed, your life will be an adventure. I remember when I was uh, first working with youth here in this church over 20 years ago is when my wife and I started. We were working with youth, and we had this desire to take some kids on a missions trip to Mexico. Now, you know, we had zero experience in missions work. In fact, neither of us had traveled anywhere except to Canada and the United States. Those were the only two countries we knew. And when we went to go to Mexico, we had one what I would consider small but maybe a major problem. There was nobody on our team that could speak Spanish. Who here would think that might be something that would hinder you from doing what you were supposed to do? Well, that didn't matter for us. And so we ended up raising money. We prayed a lot. We learned a few things about the culture, but really, we had no idea what we were doing. And so 16 of us, if you can believe it, five leaders, the blind leading the blind, um, and 11 teenagers got on an airplane, and we flew down to Mexico. And I remember as the plane was beginning to land in Mexico City, I remember saying to the other leader who was sitting next to me, what are we doing? Are we loco? You know, so that was about the only Spanish that I knew at that time. I understood that. I was like, are we totally out of our minds? And, and I remember that, that, that we didn't even know who was going to pick us up at the airport. We had never met these people. We didn't even have a picture of who was supposed to grab us. And as I learned later on, that was kind of a dangerous scenario in Mexico City. But hey, God was with us. Here's what happened. Even though we had zero experience, we had tons of faith mixed with willing hearts. We saw God uh, silence the town witch who would curse and threaten us every day that if we didn't leave, if we didn't quit doing what we were doing, that we were going to lose our lives. Who here thinks that's kind of crazy? 
We saw God, we saw a church that was divided and skeptical of our being there come together to build a church building. We saw uh, people healed, prayers answered, lives transformed. I watched young people being led by the Holy Spirit, by food, clothes, and even tires for a mother who needed tires for her car so that she could get to work and drive other people around. And here's what I thought was one of the most awesome things. Each and every day, we would go by one of the cantinas and talk to this gentleman about the fact that we were here, we were just serving the community, and we invited him to come to church. And you know what happened? Not only did he come to church, but he brought his whole family. And when I mean his whole family, it was grandparents. It was aunties and uncles. It was kids. It was relatives. And on that Sunday morning, the whole family, 30-plus people, gave their hearts to Jesus. Man, I thought we were living in the Bible when you just read about the whole households coming to the Lord. I experienced that with our team. And you want to tell me that serving Jesus is boring? I tell you, get out of town. It's nothing but boring. It's nothing but awesome and exciting when you are on his mission. You see, even the kids that we were with that were used to watching TV all the time, listening to, okay, you got to go back, it was 20 years ago, listening to their discmen, uh, that, that, that was their, their big thing. They didn't have their phones, and that, that, that had all of these modern conveniences. We stayed there for 10 days, and at the end of it, I said, all right, who's here ready to go home? None of them wanted to leave because they were on an adventure. So to live for Jesus is an adventure, at least it's supposed to be. Or it can be if you're willing to accept the mission. So what is our mission? What are we called to do? What are we supposed to do? Here we are on Mission Sunday. What is it that we should do? Well, in the book of Matthew, Jesus gives these parting words before he ascends from earth into heaven. He describes our mission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20. And listen to what he says. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, when I was in school, I used to run races. Who here has run some races in your life? You've maybe done a little track and field or cross country, you'd say, I know what you're talking about. Or maybe you were forced to in gym class whether you wanted to or not. You, you had to do a little bit of running. And, and what is it that, that, that happens at the start of the race? Well, you usually have a, a starter that would do something like this, ready, set, and then what? Go, he says. Well, when he says go, if you're, unless you're just totally not paying attention, you don't just stand there or sit there. You go. You go fast. You go quick. Well, Jesus gives us the same command when it comes to our mission. What does he say? He says, go. He says, go do something, but not just anything. What is it that Jesus is commanding us to go and do? He says, make people who look like me, talk like me, live like me in every part of the earth. You see, that's what our mission is. And this was not a, a new command that Jesus was giving. But it was only going back to what God had determined from the beginning. From the time man was created, we were called to reduce people, reproduce people in the image of God. In Genesis chapter 1, it says this in verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. 
And in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You see, when God created us as human beings, he created us to do very, very much to do four things. First of all, he wanted relationship with us. He wanted to, us to know him and for him to know, he wanted to, us to know his thoughts and his desires and who he was. But he also desired for us to be like him in his character. That we would have his kindness, his compassion, his long suffering, his love for people. And then he said, I want you to take my my, my message or, or my people all around the earth. I want you to rule over the fish of the sea, the, 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 the villages, the towns. I want you to go to the four corners of the earth. You see, we are called as followers of Jesus to rule and reign in righteousness with Jesus Christ. And the way we do it was the fourth purpose. He said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to reproduce. I want you to produce other people who look like me, who talk like me, who are people who honor me with their hearts and their life. We're to go all around the world and people will see who I am through your word and your witness. God says, as I guide you and lead you, more people will come to know me as you share with them what I have shown you. You see, folks, that is our mission. We are to take the life of Jesus into the world around us. We are to reproduce the life and love of Jesus wherever we go. We are called to be his witness. I love what it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. It says, and how can they believe in him, being Jesus, if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them or someone tells them? Now, maybe you're here today and you're saying, wait, pastor. Are you telling me that I need to share my faith with other people? Are you telling me that I am responsible for others knowing about Jesus? You know, isn't that just a gift for like really special people like Mother Teresa or the disciples in the Bible? I've read about those guys. They, they, they were crazy. They did crazy things. Or, or people like Billy Graham. We know Billy Graham was awesome and he, 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 that was what he was called to do. Or even just people, pastors like you. You see, many times when it comes to seeing God's word declared or proclaimed in other places, we hope that somebody else will do it. We, we believe that it is a good idea, but just not for us to do it. Why? Because it's risky. Because we're afraid or we're not sure that we really can make a difference. However, I want to say this today, that I believe this, that the launching point for living a life of adventure is this, that you, that, that you are created to be that person that, that goes into many places, that that is what the key to adventure is, is sharing the life of Jesus through your life. Now, if I were to share what I believe are the four daily disciplines for a strong and growing faith, most of us would agree with the first three. They're this. As a follower of Jesus, how many of us would agree it's important to pray? We should pray. Spending time as, 
with God is something we should do each and every day. Not because all of a sudden we can check a box and God goes, oh no, you're holy or you're good or I approve of you. No, we do it because we need God in our lives. We need to hear his voice. We need to connect with him on a deeper level. Here's the second one. As a follower of Jesus who would agree with this, it's important to read and obey the Bible. You know, we know more about God and his will by following his word, knowing his word. We can read it, we can study it, we can memorize it, and we should meditate on it. Here's the third thing that I think we would agree with. As a follower of Jesus, it's important to build relationship with other followers of Jesus, that we're called to be in community. We did a whole series of uh, together that called Lean on Me, that we're called to be here for one another, that we need each other. But when it comes to this fourth one, it can be a bit bothersome, and it's this as a follower of Jesus. It's important to share the love of Jesus with people who do not know him. Oh, wow. Are, are you, are you, are you, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, isn't that something that, you know, maybe we do at Christmas time. We, we invite somebody to come to the Christmas Eve service or Easter. You know, those are good times. You know, we are called by God to share our faith, to show his love, to demonstrate his love each and every day. And I believe that if we do these things, that our life will be full, and it will be good, and we will accomplish great and mighty things for him. Now, here's the thing, though. It doesn't promise us that everything is always going to be perfect. Jesus doesn't promise that it's always going to go the way we want it to. But he gives us a promise that he will give us his peace, and that he will be with us through this adventure. You know, I said this first service, and I want to say this again. You will not see miracles in your life unless you need a miracle. I'm going to repeat that again. You will not see miracles unless you need a miracle. Well, what does that mean? Well, a lot of times we want to see God do great things, but you won't experience God doing those great things until you realize that you need him to do great things in your life or you're faced with situations that seem impossible to you or too difficult for you. You see, that's when God can show up and do a miracle. And you cannot live your adventure unless you're willing to be his witness. So how do we fulfill the mission that God has for us? Well, the first four books of the New Testament, or the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, end where Acts begins. And the Gospel ends and Acts starts with Jesus, as we heard earlier, leaving earth and going up to heaven. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, here's what it talks about. Now, part of this is Jesus having a conversation with his disciples. So here's but the apostle says, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? You see, that was always their question. For the nation of Israel, their desire was that Jesus was going to one day, or the Messiah was going to come and restore Israel to a place of cultural and uh, governmental power. They, they wanted to go back to the times of Solomon where they were the nation that ruled basically the known world at that time. That's what they were believing for. But here's what Jesus says. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive 
power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. So they're on the seashore, and Jesus is giving him his final words, and he says, look, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I've asked you to do. Here's what I've called you to do. Here's three things that are going to happen that will allow you to fulfill the mission I have for you. First of all, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Number two, you will become my witnesses. You will be my witnesses of who I am, the testimony of my life. And number three, you will share what I've done everywhere in your life. Well, what does this mean for us? Well, we're going to go in reverse here. You will share everywhere. Well, he starts off by saying you will share everywhere, and he lists in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. What are these places? Well, Jerusalem was the city that they lived in, or where they were at at that time. Judea was the region. We, we, we would consider it like the province, like saying Alberta is our province. That so they were going to, first of all, share in the city. They were going to be a witness in the region. Then to Samaria, which was a country. It was a nation at that time. And then to the ends of the earth or the whole world. Well, what does that mean to us? Well, I think sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed when we think about our witness or, or our mission in life and we think about the whole world. How do we reach the whole world? Well, we do it by reaching one person at a time. And that you start where you live. Even though for some of us, there might be, it might be your personal calling to reach the nation, it's not where you begin. You see, I believe this, that God strategically places each one of us where he wants us to be. Our families, our places of work or the school we attend, even the neighborhood we live in. And I, I want to start off by saying this here today, that Jesus is not looking for superstars, but he's looking for willing people to de demonstrate his love and share his truth. So where does your mission start? First and foremost, our first mission is to our families. We are to be a witness of who Jesus is first to our families. You see, God has given us the families that we're in. Our parents, our children, our relatives. And, 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 I, and I say this today, that, that our families are the opportunity where we get to show, uh, 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 be an example of him to the people around us. Uh, I, I shared this earlier that I believe that one of the tragedies that I, I grew up in in the 80s and the 90s and sometimes we even still see some of these scandals that we have people that are that are considered good representatives of the gospel maybe they're gifted preachers or anointed and we began to discover that the persona or who they were in public was not the way they were in private you see, that's not what we're called to be. We start with our families. And I, I want to honor some people today. I, I want to say to those of you who are here today that are stay-at-home moms, you have a great calling. You have a great calling. I want to honor you today. It's a big job, and it's an awesome opportunity. Because, see, we're called to be examples in kindness of love, but also to teach our spouses and children what God has shown us. And if you have relatives, children, or parents, spouses who do not know Jesus, you have a great mission field to work in. And I believe God wants to give you more of his grace and help you to reach those people who are right in your life right now. 
So it starts in our family, but what about our workplace? What about our our schools? I believe those are also great places for us to shine. You know that job you may not like? You know that place of work that you're, you're in that sometimes you're, you're like, man, I, I, I just don't know why I'm here. I'm, I, God, would you please move me? Would you give me something better? Would you do something different? Now, I believe this, that, that, that we need to understand some things that sometimes we can become more vocationally minded instead of missionally minded. And what do I mean by that? Well, we're taught from the time we're very young in our schools and universities, that when you go to work, that you should always be pushing for promotions, that you should be pushing for better opportunities, you know, move to jobs that give you better benefits, higher pay, those things. And so sometimes we can live our life where we're so focused on this track that we forget that sometimes God places us with people because God never does anything by accident. He places us in situations because he has people that he wants us to reach. And I believe this, that we shouldn't always just jump at the first thing that we see, but we should pray about and ask God, God, are you asking me to move from where I'm at right now? Because that's how a missionally-minded person thinks. They see that where God places you is because he has purpose. What about that guy in shipping and receiving that doesn't have any friends? Nobody ever hangs out with him. Nobody ever does anything with him. Can I tell you the truth? Did you know that that guy's soul probably will be impacted by the people that are going to reach out to him and love him? Whether it's you in your life or it's other people that maybe lead him into other things. What about that lady in accounting whose mom just died? You know, there's great opportunities all around us to share life and love to people. You see, each of these people are valuable to God and, desperate, and God desperately wants to reach them. But he's looking for someone who's willing to step into their world. How about your neighborhood? I believe God places people exactly where he wants them to be. And your goal might be just taking time to reach the person that's next door to you. Your goal could be getting involved in your community association or your, your child's uh, part of your, the PTA association in your child's school. Or it could be becoming the team parent for your, for your daughter or your son's soccer team. You see, there's lots of things that we can do. And sometimes we think of going that we have to get on an airplane and travel all the way around the world. And sometimes our goal is just walking across the street or even walking across the room. but we're called to go. Been friends for over 20 years with my next door neighbors. And Jan and I have made many opportunities to get to know them, even though they had a different faith system than we did. They were a Muslim family. I say they were a Muslim family because over the course of the last five years, see, we started 20 years ago, but over the last five years, over half the family has made decisions to become Jesus followers. In fact, we have dedicated one of the children's children right here in this church that this, tr- tr- this child will be dedicated to the purposes of God in their life. I say this, our God is big, and the mission is possible with him. 
You see, my hope is that each one of you will grow and have the opportunity to not only witness in your neighborhood, but to go to some of these other nations, to, to go overseas, to have that opportunity to reach out to people because people everywhere are valuable to God. So it starts with where you are. Secondly, he says, you will be my witnesses. Well, how can we become his witnesses? I believe this. We share what we have been given. Do you remember a time when Jesus touched your life? You know, here's the reality. This is your story and a powerful one at that. You see, when God touches our life, we have a great platform to talk to other people. You see, people can't argue with your testimony. Oh, they can try. They can try to argue with the fact when you say, you know what, God did this in my life, or I feel like God has helped me here. They can kind of try to slough that off, but the reality of it is, that's your life. But what happens many times is the problem is this, that either we forget what God has done because we're facing difficulties or crisis or hardships and we begin to focus on the problems that are are around us, or we fall for the North American lie that our faith is only for ourselves, that that what God does is just for me and for my my little close-knit community. And you you don't want to talk too much about things because, you know, people really don't like to hear that. Many times we keep our experiences to ourselves instead of sharing them with the people around us. But I believe that being a witness starts with us learning how to share our lives with the people that God has already placed in our lives within our church community. You see, I believe that I'm surprised many times how you can be with people who who have acknowledged that, that Jesus is the center of their life, but we never talk about Jesus. We never talk about what God is doing. We, we, it's like it's a, something that we, we kind of ex, we accept and we know, but it's not something we talk about. And I want to say this, that, that, that if you want to become comfortable in talking about what Jesus has done in your life with people that you don't know, you have to start by learning how to talk about Jesus with people that you do know. Does that make sense? Because if we don't, it's probably not going to happen. Well, where do we start? Where do we start? Well, I believe each and every day that we should find somebody that we can talk to about something God has done in our life. Start with somebody that's a friend. Start with a family member. And eventually, as you become more comfortable in talking about what God has done, move into people that maybe that, that don't have that relationship with Jesus or don't know. You see, it can become, what we want it to do is become something that's a natural extension of who we are. I say this, that when you are truly following Jesus and living an adventure, that we're called to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. What's the last thing that I believe today, and we're going to finish with this? Well, he says, when my power comes on you, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We are called to move with the Spirit. Hey, who here knows that when you do a big job like moving furniture, it is great when you have people to help you. You see, Jesus promised before he left that there would be a helper, a comforter, somebody that would be with us. I think the, 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 the 
cool part about sharing our faith with people is that Jesus promised us we would have help. You see, we, are, we, we should be okay. We, we, we need to understand that we don't have to do these things all by ourselves. That we're not called to just walk out there on our own. That we're not just to rehearse a hundred different things. But that Jesus says, I want to give you help. I want to give you the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, there is power and then there's power. I'll never forget the first time I experienced the power of an electric fence. I was walking with a friend who understood the principles of electricity. And as we were walking, he asked me, he goes, Hey, Todd, have you ever been shocked by an electric fence? And before I could answer, he grabbed my hand and then he grabbed the fence. Now, what was amazing is it didn't do anything to him, but I felt like, I felt the power. I felt my hand feel like it was going to blow off my arm. My fillings in my mouth started rattling because I was experiencing a great power. And it was a shocking and powerful experience. All right, that's my dad joke for today. My kids would be telling me, Dad, that's a... You see, we need the help and power of the Holy Spirit if we're going to be witnesses for Jesus. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that can give us confidence and boldness and fill us with supernatural love. The Holy Spirit allows ordinary people to do extraordinary things. The Holy Spirit can move the hardest heart, but we must plug into his power. You see, not only does his power help us to do our mission, it Helps us to overcome sin. Helps us to make the right decision. And the Bible says that even he leads us into right living. That if we listen and we follow the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we do this? We've got to seek him each and every day. God, would you pour out your power. Fill me with your power today. We need to wait on him and be filled with him. I'm going to invite Margo to come forward you see, to just refreshing, what are we called to do? What is our mission? Well, we're to, how do we fulfill it? We're to reach the world by reaching where we live. That we're called to reach the world that we live in. We don't have to go all over the, the earth, but even though we're called to do that, but we start right where we live, right where in our families, in our neighborhood, in our job, in our schools, and that we learn to share what we've been given. What has God done in your life today? And then lastly, that we would be full of the Holy Spirit, that you don't have to do it by yourself, but you can do it with his grace and his mercy.